measuring pollution or preparing for war? That's the question experts are asking following China's use of green laser beams over Hawaii. While the satellite is for monitoring pollution, questions arise. Why measure pollution so far away? And what other kind of information can they get? Experts pointing to American military bases in Hawaii, as well as the fleet of submarines in the sea. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. First, we zoom in on the recent use of a green laser beam by China over Hawaii and examine whether it was used to measure pollution or is a sign of coming war. As a refresher, a live stream camera mounted on a telescope captured the footage in January. The National Astronomical Observatory of Japan, which owns the telescope, suggested the laser came from a NASA satellite. But NASA scientists told the agency that they believe it came from a Chinese satellite called Dati-1. The Chinese satellite mainly measures greenhouse gases and pollutants, among other things. As for what those other things are... They could be measuring a, quite a, a number of things, uh, certainly pollution, uh, but they could be measuring the height, the altitude, the size, the shape, the distances of particular installations in, in Hawaiian islands which happened to have a lot of U.S. military facilities. That's James Fennell, retired U.S. Navy captain and former director of intelligence for the U.S. Pacific Fleet. As for why China would want that information, let's zoom in on what's in that area. I think there's definitely a, a military aspect to this, given uh, the presence that we have there in the, in the islands uh, from you know Pacific Missile Range Test Facility, PMRF, out on Kauai, where we're testing our own you know, nuclear uh, and ballistic missiles from Kauai to, to, to Oahu and Pearl Harbor and Camp Smith, the Pacific Fleet, our submarine forces Pacific Fleet. That falls under the Chinese regime's dual-use strategy, where civilian technology also has a military purpose. Brandon Weikert, author of Winning Space, told the Epoch Times, quote, the satellites over Hawaii was likely tracking U.S. submarine movements from their point of origin into the Indo-Pacific, adding advanced lasers from orbit can comb the depths of the ocean to locate and track U.S. submarines that are trying to run silent and deep. But that's not all that China could have measured. Fennell notes. And mapping and using green lasers is another way of measuring uh, our capabilities and our resources. We call it in the U.S. when you, when there's a, in, in the intelligence community, we call it measures and signals intelligence. There may be some measure and signal that the Chinese are trying to acquire and the green laser could help them. We reached out to the Defense Department, which gave no further comment at the time. China commentator and author of The Coming Collapse of China, Gordon Chang, warns it's a sign of coming war. He notes the laser beams showed up before the Chinese spy balloon traveled over the United States. While China maintains the balloon was for monitoring the weather, experts point to the path it took. The balloon traveled over some of America's most sensitive military sites before getting shot down off the coast of South Carolina. Those sites are vital to nuclear capabilities. These sites include the Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana, which oversees 150 nuclear-capable intercontinental ballistic missile silos, Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska, home to the U.S. Strategic Command, and Whiteman Air Force Base in Missouri, which operates the Air Force's B-2 bomber. Deal with the most pressing challenges facing America first, instead of sending checks to Ukraine, no matter how long the war takes. 
That's the message Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is sending to the Biden administration. His comment is a response to a Fox News questionnaire for all GOP presidential candidates. DeSantis says the U.S. has many vital national interests, like securing the border, addressing the military's combat readiness, and checking Beijing's economic and military power. He adds that getting tangled in the Russia-Ukraine war isn't one of them. His remark comes after the U.S. promised $75 billion in aid to Ukraine. Washington has been sending weapons to the country to the point of depleting its own defense stockpile. The over one million rounds of certain ammunition sent to Ukraine has reduced the U.S. military's own supplies. Arms deliveries to Taiwan is also facing a massive delay, over $19 billion worth of weapons. DeSantis says the U.S. should not put intervening in a foreign war over defending the homeland. That's especially as tens of thousands of Americans are dying every year from narcotics smuggled through the border. Over 70,000 Americans died from fentanyl overdoses in 2021. The Senate also warns against giving Ukraine assistance that allows it to fight beyond its borders, such as sending over F-16 fighter jets and long-range missiles. He said these moves risk drawing the U.S. into the conflict and bringing it closer toward a hot war between the world's two largest nuclear powers. NTD reached out to the White House for comment, but did not hear back before airtime. China fully reopening its borders to foreign tourists for the first time in three years. All categories of visas will be issued starting Wednesday. But U.S. authorities are warning about certain risks of traveling there for U.S. citizens and people from other Western countries. The removal of the last cross-border control measure comes after authorities last month declared victory over the coronavirus. It's a declaration many outside experts question. Tourist industry insiders do not expect a massive influx of visitors in the short run or a significant boost to the economy. Unfavorable views of China have increased due to concerns over human rights and Beijing's aggressive foreign policy. Also, suspicions surrounding the handling of COVID-19 will deter visitors. The State Department is warning American citizens against travel to China due to arbitrary enforcement of local laws and risk of unlawful detention. The State Department's China Travel Advisory gives more details. It explains that China can issue exit bans on U.S. citizens and citizens of other countries at will without fair and transparent process under the law. It further warns that U.S. citizens traveling to China may be detained without access to U.S. counselor services or information about any alleged crimes they may be charged with. What's more, they could be subjected to prolonged interrogations or extended detention without due process. The U.S. is showing its determination to fight alongside South Korea. That's against possible attacks from the north. This as Pyongyang launched another round of missiles used to train troops to, quote, annihilate the enemy if necessary. Here's the story. As the U.S. and South Korea stage their biggest joint military exercise in years, North Korea has fired several short-range missiles into the sea off its east coast in response. The country's state news agency KCNA said on Wednesday the launches were part of a military drill to train its troops to carry out their mission at any time and, quote, annihilate the enemy if necessary. 
Last week, leader Kim Jong-un ordered the military to expand combat drills and prepare for war. Tuesday's missile launches coincided with 11-day joint drills between South Korean and American forces, dubbed Freedom Shield 23. North Korea condemns the joint drills as a rehearsal for invasion and proof of hostile policies from Seoul and Washington. About 400 soldiers, 50 military equipment and two Apache helicopters were mobilized for the operation on Monday. U.S. Captain Sean Kasperson. We've learned a lot from each other and been able to demonstrate our ability to work together as one team. We look forward to continuing to train together and building the relationship between the U.S. and the Korean forces. We'll remain ready to fight tonight. South Korea is also seeking closer ties with Japan to combat the threat from Pyongyang, despite decades of friction and mistrust between the two U.S. allies. Another drill is happening in the Middle East, joined by countries at odds with the United States. China, Russia and Iran are staging joint naval exercises in the Gulf of Oman this week. The event, dubbed Security Bond 2023, the three countries held similar drills last year and in 2019, showcasing China's growing links with nations that have been largely shunned by the West. Is China preparing for an all-out war with Taiwan? Beijing's rubber stamp parliament approved changes to a law on Monday, allowing it to quickly pass legislation in urgent situations. It used to require three review sessions to put legislation in place, which can take months. Now, only one review would suffice. According to China affairs analyst Lai Jianping, new laws could prove crucial for the Chinese Communist Party. The CCP is now facing two major issues. One is its aggressive expansion, especially when it's preparing for war in the Taiwan Strait. Two is the persecution of civilians. They need to change or enact new laws at any given moment due to these factors. He added that the Chinese regime is willing to gather resources and manpower for war preparation by any means necessary, and that the law change will make doing so easier. As soon as the CCP begins to suppress its civilians, it gets backlash. People might even protest out in the streets. Therefore, they must establish new rules to justify a crackdown. Not for them to put new laws in place. All it takes is a brief discussion. This isn't the first time Beijing has used legislation to target issues outside of mainland China. Earlier this month, China enacted reservist law, preparing a military replenishment to counter Taiwan. And in 2020, Beijing rolled out its so-called national security law in an effort to stifle pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. The legislation was immediately carried out, leading to a strong clampdown on Hong Kong dissidents. The results of two presidential elections next year, poised to sway the Indo-Pacific region. One vote will happen in the U.S. and the other in Taiwan. The island's vice president, William Lai, registered Wednesday to run for president. In all surveys so far, he holds a strong lead. As for his stance toward communist China, he's considered tougher than current president Tsai Ing-wen. He's pledged to protect the island against China. Let's zoom in. Lai assumed chairmanship of the Democratic Progressive Party, or DPP, in January this year. For the 2024 election, relations with Beijing are likely to top the agenda, as they did in Taiwan's last election in 2020, when the DPP won easily by promising to stand up to China. Here's what Lai said today. Taiwan 
Taiwan is in a key geographic position in the first island chain of the Indo-Pacific, directly facing China's verbal and military threats, diplomatic suppression through unscrupulous means, and the various threats of their double strategy of wanting peace and playing war. We have to be unified, continue to strengthen Taiwan, protect the democratic front line, and ensure Taiwan's security. Lai angered the Chinese regime in 2018 while he was premier, telling parliament he was a Taiwan independence worker and stood clear on his position that Taiwan was a sovereign, independent country. The Chinese Communist Party maintains an infamous tradition of blocking citizens from petitioning, especially around sensitive political or international events. This year, while the annual parliamentary sessions were in full swing, a campaign to quell the demonstrators once again unfolded across the country. In one case, a citizen was detained for filing an inheritance dispute with higher authorities over two decades ago. An elderly Chinese man lost his freedom during the country's annual rubber stamp parliament meeting, the two sessions. Police confined him to his home and denied him medical treatment, even after he called an ambulance for high blood pressure. Tang Zhaoxing is one of many civilians targeted by the communist regime for having submitted or planning to submit a petition or a formal request for help or change to Beijing. Going to the nation's capital has long been the last resort for many Chinese seeking justice. In most cases, they come with grievances unresolved by the judicial system at the local level. Yet such efforts often end in failure, with petitioners either stymied along the way or forced into silence by local authorities. Even afterwards, some face repeated police harassment and surveillance whenever major Communist Party events take place. In Tong's case, he was detained several times, sentenced to time in labor camps, and jailed for trying to file a complaint. Elsewhere in China, a mother and her daughter were followed by police as they traveled to another city to see a doctor. Policemen broke into their hotel room and held them under watch. Today is March 13, 2023. A group of four or five men from our village followed us to the guest house. They didn't allow us to close the door. In a similar case, a resident said she and her husband were arrested without cause during the two sessions meeting. They forced a first-degree disabled person into illegal detention for eight or nine hours. That's what we get for petitioning. God, how can we people survive like this? Liu said her husband was paralyzed by a brain hemorrhage. For 10 years, the couple has been appealing to higher officials over unpaid wages they say they're owed. Coming up, could the U.S. be facing a surprise hypersonic missile attack from China? Rick Fisher, senior fellow with the International Strategic Studies Association, breaks down the possible risk. While this uh, satellite indeed can be used to advance uh, environmental research, uh, the lasers that it uses to assess the atmosphere can also be used to provide key measurements of uh, atmospheric density, uh, wind direction, all of which are essential for the People's Liberation Army to be able to target its latest weapons known as hypersonic glide vehicles. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus.
Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Could the U.S. be in for a surprise hypersonic missile attack Pearl Harbor style? That's following reports of China beaming green lasers over Hawaii. We hear from Rick Fisher, senior fellow at the International Assessment and Strategy Center, on what all of this means. Rick Fisher, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Tiffany, thanks for having me back again. I want to begin with these reports of China's satellites beaming these green laser beams over Hawaii earlier this year. So what exactly could this be used for? The Chinese have tried to explain that their Daqi-18 uh, satellite is for the purpose of uh, in environmental research, essentially. They want to use the laser to try to measure pollutants in the atmosphere, uh, all contributing to uh, uh, ways to uh, counter greenhouse gases, uh, combat global warming and the such. Uh, but in reality, uh, this is a classic example of a Chinese People's Liberation Army uh, dual-use uh, system. While this uh, satellite indeed can be used to advance uh, environmental research, uh, the lasers that it uses to assess the atmosphere can also be used to provide key measurements of uh, atmospheric density, uh, wind direction, all of which are essential for the People's Liberation Army to be able to target its latest weapons known as hypersonic glide vehicles. The hypersonic glide vehicle uh, is designed to exploit uh, low altitudes as it travels at speeds above five times the speed of sound. Now, at that speed, a hypersonic glide vehicle is very vulnerable to changes in the weather, minute changes in the weather, minute changes in atmospheric density, the change uh, in direction of the wind. So the PLA would want the Daki-18 satellite or a satellite with that capability to have reconnoitered the weather over the target, the weather over Hawaii, the weather over Pearl Harbor. It wants the hypersonic glide vehicle to be as accurate as possible. So it sounds like all of this information would be needed, especially in a time of war, as in an attack. Is that fair to say? Absolutely, Tiffany. And so you mentioned these missiles on hypersonic glide vehicles, which are faster than the speed of sound, but also in the low altitude. So are they harder to detect? What are the plus sides of this for China? Yes. Uh, it, the lower a missile <clears throat> or an aircraft can travel to the ground, the, the greater its potential to uh, avoid radar detection until it approaches close to the target. Uh, the closer that it can get to the target without being detected, uh, it means less time for the Americans to uh, mobilize missile defenses, if they have them, or to target this missile. And in addition, uh, a hypersonic glide vehicle is designed to be maneuverable. So as it approaches the target, it can make evasive maneuvers. So how would the U.S. go about countering this if these, you know, are hard to detect, they're so fast, they can be evasive? How would you go about defending against this? Well, the air-launched ballistic missile offers the advantage of being able to intercept the bomber that's carrying the missile 
early on early in its mission uh, if the hypersonic glide vehicle missiles are on ships then the ships can be in, intercepted and and uh, dealt with uh, at a far distance from potential targets as well. But if the missiles are launched, air launch ballistic missiles ship, that means the missile's in the air and uh, it becomes important to try to intercept the missile as far away as possible from the target before the hypersonic glide vehicle becomes a freely maneuvering and evasive uh, uh, target itself. This can be this can be done. This is what the United States is trying to do uh, in the missile defense uh, systems that it has designed for uh, Europe, uh, Japan, and and now for Guam. But it's a close-run thing. The hypersonic glide vehicle is very fast, very maneuverable, uh, and and uh, can can also execute violent maneuvers, meaning that. The United States would have to launch a significant number of intercepting missiles in order to be able to assure the destruction of an incoming hypersonic glide vehicle. And Rick, I want to zoom in on the other areas that, you know, these laser beams could be honing in on. It seems also in these areas in Hawaii are a lot of the U.S. submarines are, especially the ones that would go into the Indo-Pacific. If China is looking at these, what could what kind of information could be could they be getting? Well, yes, indeed. I mean, it's it's public knowledge that uh, Pearl Harbor is a major base for American nuclear attack submarines. Those submarines would provide a very significant margin of the American deterrent and combat power in the event of confrontation or war. So yes, China China would attach an extremely high priority to uh, attacking Pearl Harbor and destroying American naval assets, including those submarines. So yes, uh, this weather satellite passing over Hawaii, uh, uh, shooting its lasers, its atmospheric measuring lasers uh, down from on high uh, is very much a signal to the United States that if there is a confrontation over the future of democratic Taiwan, uh, they are ready to target American military forces, which will definitely impact American civilian lives in the state of Hawaii. Well, Rick Fisher, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.